It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Sunday. Six oh six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods, and Jim from Casper has already sent me his Wednesday hump day poem, which he does every single Wednesday. Tries to come up with a new way of saying hump day. Well, that's it. Over the hump we go. I have a lot of different kinds of stories today. One of them about what's going to, if you think it's bad enough that your utility companies in Wyoming want to raise your rates by up to 30%, we're having that argument right now. What will further increase those rates? And a lot of it has to do with the state of Wyoming getting involved heavily in carbon sequestration, which just, we have to just stop this. I'll get into that a little bit later on this morning. But first, let's start with some fun, because there was almost a smackdown in Congress. Hang on, trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, it's always volatile when you get into politics. You know, tempers or people are immature. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to immaturity. And that's always been the case. I mean, we can go all the way back to Rome. Let's stab Julius Caesar. How many times? The whole Senate stabbed him. But even up to today, in Wyoming, it, if you didn't know, there's a picture. In, well, there are many pictures. Every time the Wyoming House of Representatives meet, they all get the picture taken. And it's put on in a giant frame of every one of them with their individual pictures. This was the legislative body for this year. One of them has a tear right in the middle where it was used to smack another representative over the head during a course of a brawl on the floor of the house. That was years ago. So there's content and there's always people pushing and, you know, nagging at each other and stabbing behind back, that kind of a name calling. And on Capitol Hill, it's the same thing. That's why we try to have these rules of decorum, although that only goes so far. Now, what you're about to hear, I'm going to play you some audio here. What gets me is of all things, of all people, it was Bernie Sanders who put a stop to it. I know, shocking, right? But okay, here we go. Uh, story says, body-to-body altercations between lawmakers not unprecedented in U.S. history. Some, such as the 1856 canning of the, on the Senate floor of Charles Summer, not Schumer, Summer. And a duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Barr passing in the national legend. But uh, how about this today? Is it going to make a comeback? Well, days after President Donald Trump drew headlines for his appearance 
At UFC 295, the event run by the Ultimate Fighting Championship, lawmakers on Capitol Hill appear to be more eager to test their own mettle by picking fights with fellow members. Physical altercations between lawmakers are not unprecedented, but Tempers Tuesday appeared to be flaring with unusual vigor as several incidents of lawmakers flinging insults and physically posturing. One person allegedly delivering a clear shot to the kidney. Former House Speaker attracted considerable attention for what's uh, apparently a physical altercation. He allegedly elbowed a Tennessee representative. Uh, and of course, you know, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. You know, back and forth this goes. Okay, so let's take a look at this particular altercation. This is a, uh, there's a senator and there's a Teamster boss. And they're supposed, this is a, a Senator Mullen, and there's a Teamster boss that he's talking to. And apparently they've had some words before they met in person. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself. And my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, no, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Actively. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shim. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. I, I like that. Now, I will actually give Bernie Sander, uh, Sanders uh, credit for that. Can I respond? No, you can't. In other words, children, sit down. What got me, though, is both men were standing at the time. Yeah, you want to go? You want to go? You stand up. Well, you stand up. And then they both stand up. Oh, it was about to go down right then and there. And of all people, Bernie Sanders is able to stop him? Okay. But, you know, if they wanted to, the senator could have hopped over the uh, counter or whatever you call that that he's sitting out there. And the guy from the Teamsters could have hopped over the desk that he was out. By the way, the senator who stood up does not look like some little scrawny senator. When he stood up, I thought, oh, man, this guy hits the gym. He is built. I mean, we're talking big-chested, big-arm, V-shape, huge legs. This guy is built. Now, does he know how to fight? Don't know. But the two of them were ready to go out of here. Uh, I-80 John, just remember Aaron Burr was sitting VP when he shot Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, so this still happens today. What I'd, It's still killing me that Bernie Sanders is the guy who stopped them from actually getting into an altercation. But also this shows me to this day it really hasn't changed a whole lot. People have always been just flat out immature like this and 
here's another case of it. Now, if you want to point fingers, I look at it and say it's the Teamster guy who started it. It's the Teamster guy who said you want to go anytime, which caused the senator to say, fine, right here, right now. You know, I, now I went, you think those two will meet in the parking lot out back? Now, at, at the same, okay, the, the Teamster guy, and I didn't play the clip, I had enough of it already, was brought on to, I forget if it was CNN, I think it was CNN. Well, what do you think about the way the senator acted? Uh, okay, person, I'll tell you how I think. Yeah, I do think the senator was acting out of line. There's other ways to call him out. At the same time, it's the Teamster guy who started the whole thing by saying, hey, you want to go? in a note that was written. So, okay. That's your uh, World Federation Wrestling for this morning. Happening at your Capitol building where it's always volatile like that and there are people who would love to dive across the tables and chairs after each other at any time. 6.15, wake up. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on air, online, Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Six twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so as far as the senator who got up and challenged the Teamsters guy to a fight right there in the hearing, Bernie Sanders, of all people, broke it up. To be fair, though, when I look at it, it's the Teamster guy who started it. Not like that really matters. Because the Teamster guy had you know, written a letter and basically said to the senator, anytime you want to go, man, well, let's go here and now. And when I mentioned that there's, when the senator stood up, I'm thinking, this guy is built. I mean, serious. well, according to I-80 John over there in Granite Canyon, the senator has had five MMA fights, so yes, he can fight. Oh, so that's why he's built like that? My sister in Lake Wales, so Glenn just gave a sports report from government, but it doesn't. It, <laughs> but doesn't it count? Well, I don't know. I, I guess kind of a sports report from government. Yeah, I wonder sometimes. You know, forget the day of dueling because I never thought that solved anything. I never really thought fighting solved anything. I mean, if you get, let's say you're wrong about something, and somebody else is right, and you get into a fist fight with them. And you win the fight. Okay, great, you won the fight, but you're still wrong. Never really solves anything like that. But sometimes I wonder, can we just have some boxing ring someplace and just let these go at it? If we got guys go at it from time to time. But if anything, we can uh, make some money off of it and maybe pay down the debt. Because I know you would love to see some of these people go at each other. Who would you like to see take down Ocasio-Cortez? Come on. <clears throat> Yeah, we could have Friday night fights right there in the Senate. Okay, now, off to another story here. And again, I'll get into some of the other stuff I have lined up for you in just a bit. I just got to get some of this out of the way. Earlier this week in Los Angeles, and yes, that is how you pronounce it. My childhood hero, Bugs Bunny, always called it Los Angeles. Do not tell me that Bugs was wrong. There was a fire. So, a lot of freeway of course in around los angeles and a lot of it is raised and then eventually comes down to the ground somewhere in one of those areas where it comes down and meets the ground that means there's basically a roof the freeway overhead and all you got to do is close in the side with some fencing and there you got a storage area and that's what the city was doing somebody 
set that storage area on fire. There was a bunch of wooden pallets, some vehicles full, filled with fuel and other such stuff. A lot of flammable stuff under there, and it went up. Now, this causes a major problem in the city because that particular junction there is an important junction with all of the traffic that they have. And man, as you can imagine, they have a lot of traffic in that area around rush hour. Well, that junction is closed right now because a fire like that can do a lot of damage. Now, real quick, bringing us back to 9-11 when the Twin Towers came down, you don't have to completely melt the metal to cause structural damage. Just warm it up enough to make it soft. And that's what they're worried about with this intersection. Well, now a second fire has erupted under another Los Angeles freeway. Arson again? Probably. Story says a fire broke out underneath another roadway in Los Angeles early Tuesday as the city grapples with the aftermath of a recent uh, blaze that just, just happened up the road from there. Drivers nearing the interchange of 105 and 110 freeways in South Los Angeles notified officials that appeared to be, well, it seemed that the overpass was burning. Yeah, big fire underneath. So, let's see, from what we're seeing here, says Sky 5 News, Sky 5 News, would appear that there's some sort of encampment that's been burning under there for now. It's contained in that area, at least that. Now, this seems to be some kind of, again, a, a homeless encampment. In this case, not so much a storage facility like the last one, but a homeless encampment, according to this. So they noted firefighters quickly arrived on the scene, took them approximately 15 minutes to contain the fire. Firefighters, hose lines laid all over sorts of different railroad tracks, stuff like that. Let's see, Kent, uh, Simon Kent. Boy, that sounds like, like a Clark Kent kind of a name. Anyway, Los Angeles is one of the most heavily car-dependent cities on Earth. Locals have been told to stay home and telecommute until further notice. So the uh, sections of roadway which connect there, those sections of roadway are so important. Just stay home and telecommute if you do that. It's that bad. This is part of the reason, by the way, when I look at California and some of the big cities in California and they think that the world is coming to an end and we're destroying the planet? The answer is no, we're not. The world's not coming to an end. We're not destroying the planet. You just destroyed where you live. When you look around cities like Los Angeles, oh, it's all coming to an end. Well, it looks like it from where you live. Yeah, look what you've done to the place. All right, so let's see. Uh, Los Angeles Magazine. Breaking Governor Newsom confirms massive fire downtown freeway. Okay. Promises to get the place up in just a few weeks. Incident greatly affected the community because the stretch of I-10 impacted by that fire traverses about 300,000 drivers every single day. Oh, okay. So, all right. We'll, we'll find out what exactly is causing this. I think in both cases, arson. We'll find out. But, I mean, one after the next, Monday, Tuesday, basically, is when these things happen. Too coincidental for it not to be, but we'll see what their investigation says. And now they might have to sort of rethink not just storing stuff under there, but even allowing some of these homeless camps under there. Uh, let's see. Uh, my sister in Lake Wales, best idea yet, let's make money from bets on fights in government. I'm all for that. I think it'd be great. Jim and Casper, kind of ironical. Bernie says, act like United States senators. Does he mean stop fighting? 
Yeah. <laughs> Screw the citizens, make underhanded deals to become multimillionaires. Well, of course. See, here's the thing, Jim. When it comes to decorum in government, we're supposed to act civilized in front of the cameras and on the floor of the House and Senate. Uh, what you do after that, anything goes, including murder. We all know that. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Maybe I'll bring up some real news in the next segment. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six to time, wake up Wyoming. It is a Wednesday over the hump we go. So, okay. Rock Springs. That this is gonna come as shock to you. First off, I mentioned Rock Springs, and for people in Wyoming, right away certain images come to mind because that Rock Springs has had a lot of problem with uh, uh, drugs and alcohol abuse and other such things like this. Well, okay, here's the headline Cowboy State Daily. Rock Springs massage parlor rated on suspicion of sex trafficking. No. In Rock Springs? Now, I'm not saying all massage parlors in Rock Springs are guilty of this. There's plenty of people I know who, for a profession, are professional masseuse and even have legitimate massage parlors. But now and then, one of those places pops up. So the story says, no arrests have been made yet. Sweetwater County authorities searched a Rock Springs massage parlor Tuesday afternoon. Evidence of human trafficking. Sweetwater County Sheriff Rock Springs Police Department serving search warrants and things like that. It's not just human trafficking, but oftentimes, are you going there for a massage or are you going there for a massage? <clears throat> Earlier this year, we the story says we began investigating allegations of uh, performance of sexual acts at an Asian massage parlor, uh, 600 block of Broadway, Rock Springs. And for those who were curious about where to go for uh, <clears throat> such things, uh, I said 600 block of Broadway in Rock Springs. Just so I just, you know, I'll let you make that decision. Asian massage parlor is also the one at 617 Broadway, Suite E in Rock Springs, could not be reached immediately for any kind of comment. Law enforcement officials believe the massage and others uh, working at the parlor are human traffickers. So, okay, in a statement, a lead detective on the case saying illicit massage parlors are often hidden in plain sight. Dawn a facade of legitimacy to conceal their actual activity of what's going inside. This is a known issue, a growing trend. These businesses operate in every single state nationwide. I've known of some others that... E Especially when it comes to the sexual activity, there's you know, there's those massage parlors that are you know legit, and then there's the massage parlors that some people look at. I, oftentimes, I think you can look at the outside of the building and go, "Yeah, that looks a little suspicious there." Now, if my sister is still listening, what I thought was funny one time is uh, you know I hurt my back while taking care of my dad, and really bad. And so I, we were at the time at the family cabin, and man, my back was hurt. 
So I went to downtown West Jefferson, North Carolina, to right there in downtown on the main street was a massage parlor because I wanted this lady just to sort of work out my lower back to get that just loosened up. Our Aunt Peg was all nervous about me going to a massage parlor. She didn't want to talk about it. It's like, it's not that kind of a massage parlor. This is a legit place. Please. Anyway, so let's see. YMCA Sweetwater County and Asian Pacific Development Center of Aurora, Colorado uh, have been supporting services to assist in finding actual traffickers. Representative Clark Stith of Rock Springs, Republican delegate of the Wyoming House of Representatives, proposed this year an amendment to the state's prostitution law to ban the purchase of sexual contact. That's an interesting way to put that. Ban the purchase of sexual contact. But the House did not consider the proposed law change and the bill died. Currently, state law bans the sale of sexual uh, intrusions acts but not sexual contact which could involve um, simulating you know but see this is where lawmakers have to get really particular about the language and I do too because I'm on a radio broadcast where there could be kids listening selling acts of intrusion is punishable by up to six months in jail and $750 fine um, soliciting sex acts, same penalty. Human trafficking, however, that's penalty. Uh, that, that's a, a felony. Uh, no fewer than five years and no more than 50 years, up to $10,000 fine. If the victim is a minor, 25 years. First degree human trafficking involves someone who is intentionally or knowingly recruiting, transporting, transferring, harboring, receiving. Oh, this again is where your lawmakers have to be particular. Uh, They have to knowingly be recruiting, transporting, transferring, harboring, receiving, providing, obtaining, isolating, maintaining, or erecting someone for the purpose of labor or servitude or sexual service or otherwise. Jim and Casper says, it's like in Amsterdam. There's coffee shops, and then there are coffee shops that serve, well, other types of stimulation for relaxation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you go to Amsterdam, there is a you can go to a coffee shop. Or you can go to a coffee shop. There are places where you can go to get a, a massage. And then there's places you can go to get a massage. 642, wake up Wyoming. Honestly, he's just happy to be here. Catch Glenn Woods on Wake Up Wyoming. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, every so often I come across a headline, which I think, you know, I never expected those words to be combined into a headline like that. Okay, yeah. Uh, Plane, an airplane, Mm -hmm. forced to return to the airport after the horse escaped. Well, let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. I I, I can tell you that they do transport racehorses in Uh planes. Yes. I've seen them. Yes. Uh Very nice airplanes. I'm sure. So... I mean, it can happen. I know it can happen, but did you ever expect to see that in a headline? Well, no, because I don't understand where the horse went because it's usually a big cargo area in the the back of the plane, not underneath, but just part of the back. Uh Uh-huh. So did they get out of the cage and then run over to first class? Okay. So let's see. 
Story says about an hour and a half after leaving New York on his way to Belgium's 747 cargo plane. That explains a lot right there. No people on board except for those operating the plane's cargo plane. Said to air traffic control they had an escaped animal. Uh, and, and, of course, air traffic control is, I'm sorry, what's going on? Yeah, we're, we're a cargo plane. So the plane had climbed about 31,000 feet, forced to make a U-turn off the coast, coast of Boston, and then... Um, Dumped around 20 tons of fuel over the Atlantic. Which they do, yeah. Yes, in order to make a safe landing. Pilot can be heard asking air traffic control. Uh, they're requesting a vet. So I wonder, as the horse gets loose and looks out the window, is the horse kind of stressed? Uh, the, uh, well, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the the pilot did say, we are having difficulty. So Well, the horse is freaking out, and yes. say there's turbulence at, at, at all. Yeah. That would make the horse freak out even more. Ooh, uh, that's, sure, that's, that's, sure. That's bad. I mean, you know, it's too bad you can't turn to the horse and just give it like a Bloody Mary, like a normal passenger, mm. and then everything's okay. Can I buy, can I get you some alcohol, yeah. sir? Coffee, you, tea, or milk, horse. A magazine, would you like a, mag, would you like a pillow? Yeah. No, that's not going to work with this person. So, and with many human passengers that freak out, they actually carry duct tape on the airplane. Right, yeah. To deal with it. But that's not going to work with a horse. No, maybe they'll give the horse like some, you know, yeah. preferred boarding for I, the next I would flight think or something. From now on, just keep some kind of a, a bottle of gas in the back. Mm -hmm. So you can just fill the back area with something that will make the horse go Betty by. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to maybe, do it. Maybe. Junior college volleyball. Casper College begins play at the National Tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas this morning. The birds are making their first appearance at Nationals in 11 years. They'll be Miami-Dade at 9 this morning. Casper is the 14th seed at 28-12. and 12. They've won 19 of their last 23 matches. Miami-Dade is the third seed with a record of 20-5. and five. The T-Birds have been paced by Star Valley High School grad Maya Hutchings, who is second in the country in kills. In women's college basketball, Basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Denver University on the road last night, 58-41 to get to 2-1 on the year. Emily Malima led the way with 15 points for UW. The Cowgirls shot just 35% from the floor and 5 of 20 from the three-point line. However, UW was 15 of 16 from the free-throw line. Cowgirls will be at Gonzaga on Saturday afternoon in Spokane. Next up for the Wyoming Cowboy football team will be Hawaii in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. Cowboys have two more regular season games to go, so an eight-win regular season not out of the realm of possibility, but playing in the Mountain West Conference Championship game will not happen. Cowboys, after a disheartening loss to UNLV, sit at 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in league play. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in conference play. And the Wyoming is 13.5-point favorites in this game. Noon start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Here's a rundown of how some of the former Wyoming Cowboys did in the National Football League from over the weekend. Casper native and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson had five tackles in their 30-27 loss to Houston. Carl Granderson had four tackles for New Orleans in their loss to Minnesota. Marcus Epps, who plays in the secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders, had five tackles in their loss to the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen had a rough game on Monday as the Bills lost at home to the Denver Broncos. Allen was 15-26 for 177 yards and two interceptions and one touchdown pass. One of the 
the interceptions wasn't his fault. However, for the season, he has thrown 11 picks, which is the worst in the NFL. He does have 26, 26 combined TDs this year, which leads the league, and 19 TD passes, which also leads the league. But the Bills are just 5-5 five and five and, and just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Casper College men's soccer team completed their season this week, going 1-1 one and one in pool play at the National Tournament in Wichita, Kansas. The Birds lost to the number one rated team in the country, Arizona Western, and then beat LSU Eunice. Arizona Western advanced out of pool play to get to the semifinal round. The T-Birds were the 12th seed and finished the year at 11-7-4. The LCCC women's soccer team out of Cheyenne lost both of their games in the National Tournament last week to Iowa Western and Hill College, and they wrap up the year at 10-5-3. That's it in sports. So does Josh Allen just need a better team? No, well, he did hit the players around him need to play better. Okay. And probably if you ask Josh Allen, does he need to play better? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's got just an inordinate amount of turnovers over his career. That's the, you got to gotta hang on to the ball. Then again, receivers need to catch the ball. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, so th- this is not just a, a him thing. It's a them thing. So maybe they just need to go back to camp for a while. Yeah, Bill's Mafia is not very happy. Uh, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Everyone's news time after that. Then your Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Gray, is going to be on the phone with us in the 7 o'clock hour. He's a little upset because there is an attempt to remove both Donald Trump and Cynthia Lummis from future Wyoming ballots. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a hump day, so over it we go. By about this time next week, we'll be talking Thanksgiving and all of that good stuff, but we'll get into that later. Right now, there's certain headlines that I read, and I think that headline makes sense when it comes from that state or that region of the country. And other headlines, I think, really? That headline's coming from here? I don't expect that. Like, for example, this from Cowboy State Daily. Laramie lawyer sues to get Trump and Senator Lummis off the Wyoming ballot. Now, when you see something like that from Colorado, you go, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, but in the state of Wyoming. On the phone with me right now is Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray. Who? How you been, Chuck? Hope you've been well. I've been great, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Nice morning here. Yeah, oh, I bet. And absolutely perfect time when you wanted to come on on this topic because I had all this ready to go this morning. So, okay, doesn't, before we get into your response to this, in order for uh, former President Trump and Cynthia Lemus to be removed from the ballot, didn't they actually have to do something that required them to be in, impeached or some other kind of legal action against them, found guilty of something. Well, Glenn, the radical left has been trying to make this argument that they're disqualified, this is their argument, via the 14th Amendment, which is absurd. I mean, it's an example of the left doing what they accuse conservatives of, what they accuse us of. Basically, Donald Trump was using his First Amendment right to question the results of an election. That's the bottom line. There was no insurrection. 
And they try to use this clause in the 14th Amendment, which was written after the Civil War, to provide a procedure for Confederate officers not to be certified for election, where they would have to meet a certain bar. I think it was two-thirds in in both chambers of the legislature at the federal level to be able to be certified for office. It was for Confederate officers. Right. It had nothing to do with the situation. Well, fast forward here to 2020, President Trump is simply using his First Amendment right to question the results of an election. And now in 2023, the left has been trying to to use this provision of the 14th Amendment to prevent a conservative from being placed on the ballot. So this Tim Newcomb has sued me in my official capacity as Secretary of State to try to remove President Trump from the ballot, and we're fighting it. We're okay. preparing a motion to dismiss. I'm very confident we're going to win, but we're, we're preparing a very vigorous defense. But this is just another example of the radical left accusing us of what they're guilty of. Right. But again, I still haven't seen that anybody has been convicted in a court of law of anything. Therefore, it should be dismissed easily. Their argument is that secretaries of state unilaterally, and we push back on this. I also sent a letter to the secretary of state of New Hampshire who said he was looking at this. The argument that the radical left has been trying to make is they want secretaries of state to unilaterally, based on this provision written for Confederate officers after the Civil War, they want us to remove certified candidates from the ballot, candidates that have won the, the primary process and been nominated by the Republican Party. They want us to remove them from the ballot, and I'm not going to do it. Right. It so would also, I think, set up a very... To, to get a judge to, to force us to do this. Right. Because gonna, I've, if you did this, let, let's just for a moment, let's just pretend that you did this, right? That would set such a dangerous precedent, because that means an opposing political party could come up with something that they thought sounded legit to have a candidate that they didn't like removed from the ballot. Exactly. And and they accuse us of trying to yeah. undermine the electoral process. Conservatives, that's what they are doing. This okay. is outrageously wrong and repugnant to electoral process and, and having Wyomingites choose for ourselves who we're going to send electors to vote for the presidential ballot to the Congress, our three electors, in November of next year. Okay, let's that, take a that's look the at... the process that is laid out in our Constitution. If, if I could, please, if, for whatever you know about them, you keep saying they. Do you know in the state of Wyoming who they are? Well, I'm talking about the radical left as a right. whole, okay. which has come up with this argument, and, and right. they obviously have people in every state that are willing to go along with this anti-Trump narrative and, right. and this. So they, they find somebody to file a, a lawsuit against me and, yeah. and we're going to push back on it. But the radical left, this is a, this is sort of a concept that they came up with in yeah. 2021 and 2022. Yeah. They're doing this state by state Colorado. They're trying the same thing in Wyoming. I have from Cowboy State Daily, Tim Newcomb, November 1st filing against Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray. And then it goes into a little bit, a retired Laramie attorney is who he is. And that's about all I know about him is he's a retired Laramie attorney. So 
I, I would like to know a little bit about specifically who is this guy. Uh, it does say here Newcomb is not the first legal challenge nationwide, but that goes into the other states. I'm more interested in what's happening in the state of Wyoming. And do you know if it is this just this one person or is it a group? I mean, how is it the Wyoming Democrat Party as a small group of it or as a whole? I just want to know if it's one guy or more than one guy. Well, it's a pro se filing by okay. Tim Newcomb himself. He did this on our voter ID bill. Remember, we worked really hard as a legislator to pass House Bill 75, our voter ID bill. And then they filed this litigation against the state trying to stop voter ID. And, and we worked to stop that. We're successful on that. So at this point, all I know is it's Tim Newcomb. The, the, the caption is uh, Newcomb v. Myself. Okay. And and it, Newcomb v. Chuck Ray, and that's that's what the caption is, and and so he's doing a pro se lawsuit. I I actually haven't officially been served, which is one of the procedural arguments we're going to make. We're going to make many arguments in our motion to dismiss. Okay, but I, I really have not been officially served, which is is what should have happened. Right. When did does this go to court? Is it soon? We're going to be filing a motion to dismiss here very soon. And so we're going to try to get this dismissed on the front end. There hasn't been any hearing set, but we're, we're going to file a motion to dismiss. This weaponization of the 14th Amendment, Glenn, to remove political opponents from the ballot, it undermines the sanctity of our electoral process. It undermines the sanctity of the Constitution. And we need to have a vigorous defense against what the radical left is doing. So we're going to be filing that here very soon. Okay. You also sent me a press release. Secretary of State pleads with the interim committee legislation advancing election integrity and security for the state of Wyoming. So what is that about? Well, we got a, a couple good bills that we brought that we worked to bring through the Joint Corporations Committee, which has jurisdiction over elections for the upcoming legislative session, which starts on February 12th. And one of them is putting a durational residency requirement for voting in state law. Aficionados of our, our state constitutional know that, that there was actually a year-long residency requirement in our state constitution for voting, but it was struck down in a series of decisions in 1972 and, and 1973. And since then, the legislature has declined to act. So we have nothing on the books. I don't like advertising this. It is a huge hole in our statute. There is no requirement for durational residency for voting, for someone to be here a certain amount of time to vote. Uh, somebody could be here 15 seconds and, and sign the oath and claim that they had the intent to stay, and there really is not a statute making that illegal. That's not something I'm proud of, but it's something that we've identified. We asked the committee that to pass a statute putting a durational residency requirement in place, which over 30 states have. Now, with these, the federal precedent, which is, I, I don't agree with the federal precedent on this, but 30 days, unfortunately, is, is the strongest that has survived constitutional scrutiny. And I, I, I know I talked to a, a lot of Wyomingites, and I agree with them. I'd like something stronger than that. But we need to get something on the books because right now there's nothing and it's a huge hole in our statute books. The other thing that, that we brought through the, the committee on a unanimous vote was a bill uh, to stop private interference in election administration. And over 25 states have bans on this. This goes back to 2020 where 
Zuckerberg and a bunch of billionaires, Soros, called up election administrators around the country and offered free money to them. And it was originally supposed to be for PPE, for for masks and sanitizer and those silly dividers, Glenn, remember. But it ended up being all a ruse. Only 1% of the dollars went for that and it ended up going to a, a massive ballot harvesting operation. Remember in 2000 Mules, the last third of that documentary talks about how they funded that ballot harvesting operation. It was off what, what has been colloquially been called suck bucks, this third-party interference in elections. And over 25 states have passed these bans, and, and Wyoming really needs to, to get this done. So we brought this to the Joint Committee. We tried, I, I tried as a legislator, we tried this twice, uh, but now on the executive branch, and this role uh, brought it to the committee, and we were able to bring it through uh, on a unanimous vote. So hopefully that, that goes through the session now to go to the whole body on uh, the budget session, which starts in about two months. Okay. As we get closer, I'd like to know when you finally do get into court, uh, you know, to have this dismissed, uh, you know, and I wonder why. Why Cynthia Lummis? Is it because she supported President Trump? Yeah, that's that's the concept in the filing okay. that, that she voted not to, to certify in uh, when it, that went to the Senate yeah, okay. in, in 2020. But it's it's amazing. I mean, this goes back to the the absurdity of the filing. Mm-hmm. Cynthia Lummis, if she decides to run for re-election, isn't up until 2026. So right. yeah. it's uh, okay. that part doesn't make any sense on top of just the, the outrageously wrong legal arguments. And yeah. we're pushing back big time, All right. Glenn, and I'll, I'll keep you updated here on our motion to dismiss. Please do. I'm interested to see how this plays out. All right. Thanks for coming on this morning, Chuck. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me. Sure. 718, Wake Up One Sunday. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 736 of time. Wake Up Wyoming. All right, I'm going to get with Don Day in a few minutes. 745. We'll talk about your upcoming weather forecast, which I just said to Miss Mary. It seems a little colder out there today yeah it's a little windier seems a little colder out there you got some changes coming we'll talk about that in your thanksgiving too so i was watching a video yesterday which i thought was really interesting real quick i'm gonna go talk about homelessness for just a bit because we've had the problem all over the country and the question is often what to do about it right new york city of course one major city which has always had a big problem has decided to deal with the situation where it doesn't solve the problem, but let's take homeless people on the streets, for example. In New York, they have these big grates on the street. You you would walk across them. And it has to do with the systems that run underneath the streets, some of which provide heat. Steam will come up out of these grates. right? And in the wintertime, homeless people will go ahead and sit on them, even camp on them, because it's providing heat in the middle of wintertime. So New York City made something, as you approach it, it might look like a metal seat, no back, that you could sit on. But as you get closer, you notice it's kind of wavy, and there's little bumps in the grate, and there's no way to sit on it or lay on it and be comfortable. Oh, that's how they're solving that problem. 
In the subways, at first they took out all of the benches. So if you're waiting for a subway, there's no place to sit and wait. People complain, so they put some of the benches back, but they put back benches that have armrests all the way down them. So there's no way to lay down on them. This is actually called hostile architecture. And there's other things they've done as well, putting little spiky things there. Under an overpass, putting really sharp rocks underneath there so there's no way to lay down and get comfortable or sit down and get comfortable. Rather than the smooth cement under an overpass, now it's all sharp rocks. So there's no place to sit down or lay down. You can't stay there. It's just not comfortable. So in the video I'm watching, this guy goes all through New York City pointing out all of the things that New York is doing to keep homeless people on the move. Sorry, you can't stay here. Places where they normally hang out are made really uncomfortable to stay. There's just no way to stay because of what the city has installed there. Now, the guy who put on the video does point out Sure, sure. This would work in making sure nobody can stay here. No one's going to be sleeping on top of the grates to get the steam in the wintertime. Nobody's going to go under into the subway, especially in the wintertime, to trying to find a place to lay down or sleep or anything like that. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to sit. Every place where homeless people normally hang out has now been made a very uncomfortable place, or at least they're trying to make every place a very uncomfortable place. He also does point out at the same time, yet they haven't solved the homeless problem. And they've even got a bigger problem now because they named themselves a sanctuary city and said that they would welcome in illegal immigrants, you know, and, and, and help them out. Well, when those people finally showed up, New York City got mad because it's easy to say you're a sanctuary city. Just like down in Denver. Oh, the, oh, they're all about sanctuary cities. Easy to virtue signal and say it until the day that you have to do it. Then all of a sudden you realize all the problems with it, which is why places like New York and Denver, another place, among others, are actively spending money just to pack these people up and ship them out. Would you like a plane ticket somewhere? Would you like a bus ticket somewhere? We'll give you a taxpayer's expense. We will give you a ticket to anywhere you want to go. These are the places that call themselves sanctuary cities, and in some cases, sanctuary states, are now doing anything they can, actively doing anything they can, to make it not only very difficult to stay there, but also give them free tickets to go anywhere that they want to go. These are the places that virtue signaled. They are better than us because they declared themselves sanctuary, whatever it might be. The video that I watch, I should probably find a way to post it somewhere, but you can go ahead and, and take a look at it if you want to get on YouTube and look for Hostile Architecture in New York City. And that's the only city doing that. Other places are doing it as well. We're tired of homeless people camping under the overpass, so we're going to make the overpass very uncomfortable to stay in so they can't do it. Right? Well, okay, whatever solution they can find, but none of them have figured out the homeless problem yet. They found a way to get them to move on, but they haven't found out a way to solve the problem yet. That's much like in Casper, Wyoming, as they're passing an ordinance to no longer allow people to camp, as they call it, 
in the downtown area or the parts of of Casper, Wyoming. Okay, uh, so they can't, but then what? Because again, you keep them from settling there, but that doesn't solve the problem. 742, wake up. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the five o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, mornings on K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, this is my first uh, official complaint. I stepped outside and it was windy and chilly out there. Just tossing that out there to you. You, you said this is your first complaint of uh, this year, of this season, uh, this season, of so this far. week. Yeah, this week. I haven't complained the rest <laughs> of the year. I've actually thought it was a really nice year, weather-wise. Yeah, it's been great. It's been. Yeah, yeah. winds are picking up, and they will. We've yeah. got a front. Coming in very quickly out of the Pacific Northwest. So, you know what that happens when fronts approach, we get windy, and uh, we're going to be looking at some high wind advisories for sections of I 25, especially. We've got high wind watches in effect for I 25, Douglas to that Wheatland Chugwater area. So, be ready for that. I 80 winds will be pretty strong and gusty, but it's also going to be another very mild day. Okay. Now, mild today, though. However, I do see those temperatures dropping. Not a lot, but they yeah. are. And the the good news is overall over the next seven to 10 days, we are definitely going to trend colder, definitely be more like winter, but we're going to do it in a stair-stepping fashion. First front comes in tomorrow, cools us off about 10 degrees. So enough to notice, but nothing too bad. Temperatures stabilized Friday and Saturday. There's a bigger push of colder air coming in late Sunday into Monday. That one will certainly be more noticeable. That one will have a better chance for a little bit of light snow with it. And then we're thinking right after Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving night into Friday afterwards, a bigger push of Canadian air. So we are stepping down with our temperatures. So yeah. at first, the, the change won't be dramatic, but will be later on. This goes into what I was saying earlier. It seems like we're being eased into wintertime. Yes, kind of like the frog in the pot of water. Kind of, yeah. We'll get used to it next year. We won't even know that it's freezing out there. By the way, I know it's a little early yet, but still, people are looking at their holiday travel next week. And it just seems to be, to me so far, well, it's slick out there, but not horrible. What we need to watch out are two events uh, next week. Um, if anyone, you know, some folks will be starting their, their traveling maybe later this weekend or early next week. And I do expect just enough winter weather to make for some slick roads late Sunday into Monday. After that, we need to keep an eye on what happens after Thanksgiving and that Thanksgiving period uh, where a lot of folks will be traveling. Um, you know, it really looks like Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. We don't see many travel problems. Okay. But after Thanksgiving, thereafter, we need to watch it. I do think there will be winter weather. Whether or not it's going to be big or little, we'll, we'll need to keep an eye on. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. So, okay. It sounds like not too bad getting there. Watch coming back. Keep you posted. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino. You're going to be traveling during all that. Well, I'm going to be before Thanksgiving and then yeah. after. Good. That's way, way to do that. Well, yeah. well through air. Yes. Now, on the road, uh -huh. right over Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my, my guess is Chicago to Orlando is about 18 hours. Uh-huh. Well, you get to see all this stuff. Okay. Maybe be extra people on the road. You can wave at them, yeah. you know, be, okay. make turkey good, calls. Good luck you know? over there. Now, when, once you get to Orlando, are you staying in Orlando? Yes. Okay, good. Just stay there. Yeah. I know the area. Just 
stay <laughs> because my, my brother lives south, actually south of Orlando a, a tiny bit uh, where, uh, where's where's that at? oh I gotta remember what the name of the place is okay it, it, it's not you know it, it actually is not too far from either the airport okay good 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 because that area as you can imagine I know the area okay and it gets really congested so uh, yeah that kind of a holiday thing can jam pack your highways out there okay I came across something here you know you've seen the they're cute little toys it's like a fish but it's you know it's a little mechanical thing it's got cloth on it to make it look like a fish right and it just kind of waves like a fish in the water okay. you know, swimming through it right and they're fun toys to toss at a cat to play with of course right? yeah. you know dogs like them too sometimes kids do this is cheating there's this little infant who likes to be patted on the back until he falls asleep so dad taped the fish to his back. Oh, that, I mean, that's that's actually genius. That is genius. Real I mean, man of genius. Yeah, but pick up your kid and, you know, it's like the, the time I was walking into the grocery store. Remember, there used to be in front of all these grocery stores, like the horse, you put the quarter in yeah, and the yeah, horse yeah, goes yeah, back yeah, and yeah, forth. Yeah. Yeah. So here's this, I walked into the store, I'm looking over, and there's this kid sitting on the horse, and his dad is reaching over and rocking the thing back and forth manually. Did he not have a quarter? Was he too cheap? cheap. To spend? Was it a step cheap. kid and he's not going to spend the money? He, I don't know. He, he had probably only one quarter, but the kid wanted more so yeah. he didn't have any change. Probably and, like that. To just know. sit there and rock the thing. It's your kid. <laughs> your Come son. On, spend the quarter on your son. It's your kid. Pick him up and pat him on the back until he falls asleep. It's your kid, okay? It's a quarter. Sure. Then when you get old and you start wearing diapers again, you can use that against him. Hey, I, d I took care of you during that time. Your turn. You know what? I, I've also mentioned that to yeah. my kid, and he looks at me yeah, like... Not happening. No, not at all. Junior college volleyball, Casper College, will begin play at the National Tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas, later on this morning. The birds are making their first appearance at Nationals in 11 years. They'll be Miami-Date at 9 this morning. Casper's the 14th seed at 28-12. and 12. They have won 19 of the last 23. Miami-Date is the third seed at 20 wins and 5 losses. T-Birds have been paced by Star Valley High School grab Maya Hutchings, who was second in the country in kills at the junior college level. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls beat Denver University on the road last night. 58-41 to get to 2-1 on the year. Emily Malima led the way with 15 points, but the Cowgirls shot just 35% from the floor and 5 of 20 from the three-point line. However, they were 15 of 16 from the free-throw line. Cowgirls will be at Gonzaga on Saturday afternoon in Spokane. Next up for the Wyoming Cowboy football team will be Hawaii in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. The Pokes have two more regular season games to go, so an 8-win regular season is not out of the realm of possibility, but playing in the Mountain West Conference Championship game is not going to happen. Cowboys are coming off a disheartening loss to UNLV on the road back on Friday. So they're 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in league play. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in the league. Wyoming is 13.5-point favorites in that game. That's a noon start from Moore Memorial Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. Here's a rundown of the former Wyoming Cowboys to how they did in the National Football League over the weekend. Casper native and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with five tackles in their 30-27 loss to Houston. Carl Granderson had four tackles for 
for New Orleans in their loss to Minnesota. Marcus Epps, who plays in the secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders, have five tackles in their loss to the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen had a rough game on Monday. The Bills lost at home to the Denver Broncos. Allen was 15 of 26 for 177 yards, two interceptions, and one TD pass. One of the interceptions really wasn't his fault, but for the season, he's thrown 11 picks, which is the worst in the NFL. He does have 26 combined touchdowns this season, which leads the league, and 19 TD passes, which leads the league, but the Bills are 5-5 five and five this season and just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Casper College men's soccer team completed their season this week by going 1-1 one one in pool play at the National Tournament in Wichita, Kansas. The Birds lost to the number one rated team in the country, Arizona Western, then beat LSU Eunice. Arizona Western advanced out of pool play to get to the semifinals. T-Birds were the 12th seed and finished the year 11-7-4. The LCCC women's soccer team lost both of their games in the National Tournament last week to Iowa Western and to Hill College, and they rip up the year at 10-5-3, and, and that's in sports. So the game at UW is Friday, right? Saturday. Saturday, okay, okay. Taking a look at the weather there. Good, because it'll be a home game advantage. A bit on the breezy side yeah. and cold. Well, Hawaii will love that, won't they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to get out there and go, God, this Whoa, sucks. We, 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 we're going to go back to Hawaii. Hey, good. Then we can go ahead and win the game. Yeah, Our yeah, advantage, right? And then they take them to the airport and yeah, that's right, yeah. give them a sandwich and get them out of there. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Yeah, roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones. Also, with our Wyoming energy prices going up and the possibility they could be a lot higher if if your power company gets its way. I came up with five ways to lower energy costs in the state of Wyoming, and they're legit. We'll talk about it next hour with open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Trying to ease the tension. I'm Chris Foster. Fox News. President Biden meets in person today with China's President Xi Jinping. They're in California for an Asia-Pacific summit. The world's two most powerful men are meeting to bury the hatchet. Being able to pick up a phone and talk to one another is a crisis. Being able to make sure our military still have contact with one another. On the negotiating table, a deal to keep AI out of nuclear weapons and drones, according to the South China Morning Post. Fentanyl also on the to-do list as the U.S. seeks a Chinese crackdown on chemical plants. Fox's Peter Ducey in San Francisco. Israeli troops early this morning raided the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza, used, they say, as a base for Hamas terrorist military operations. Fox's Trey Yinks in southern Israel. Late last night, I received a text message from a senior Hamas official inside Gaza, and he said in a few minutes, the hospital will be stormed. We then reached out to the Israeli military. They didn't initially have any information, but then ultimately released a statement saying they are indeed stormed. Storming Al-Shifa Hospital, Gaza's largest medical facility, to go after Hamas militants. Hamas denies using the hospital as a base. U.S. intelligence agrees with the Israeli assessment that it is. Besides patients, the hospital grounds has, has been used for a refugee uh, for refuge by Palestinian civilians. New Jersey's first lady, Tammy Murphy, Governor Phil Murphy's wife, is running for a U.S. Senate seat. She has formally declared a run for the position, which is currently held by Robert Menendez, a fellow Democrat. We have big, complicated issues, and solving them won't be easy. But you know what? Nothing worth doing ever is. Last
Last month, Menendez pleaded not guilty to a federal indictment accusing him of conspiring to act as a foreign agent for the Egyptian government. Less than four weeks after he entered a plea on criminal charges related to his alleged abuse of office. If she wins, Murphy would become the first woman elected to the Senate from New Jersey. Fox's Tanya J. Powers in New York on Wall Street. The Dow is up 88 points. America's listening to Fox News. You want a killer Black Friday deal? Get a free Moto 5G phone when you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Just dial pound 250 and say keyword save now to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. Dial pound 250 and say keyword save now to claim your free Moto 5G phone with qualifying plan. With the holidays upon us, the increase in traveling, shopping, and connecting online also heightens the need to protect your identity and finances with LifeLock. Identity thieves see this time of year as an opportunity to drain your accounts, open new loans in your name, and damage your financial future. LifeLock detects and alerts you to the threats you might miss on your own. Don't. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. Two pedestrians were struck by vehicles in separate accidents last week while crossing the street. Neither were life-threatening, but the victims were transported to Banner Health Wyoming Medical Center. The first accident happened on November 9th, just before 4 p.m. at the intersection of West Yellowstone Highway and South Ash Street. The second occurred on November 11th at East 12th Street, east of Beverly. The statement from the Casper Police says that both drivers in these cases were not impaired. In light of these accidents, they are reminding motorists and pedestrians to be on high alert. Drivers should be aware that afternoon sunsets and earlier dark hours require vigilance in watching out for pedestrians crossing the streets. Pedestrians should be aware of their surroundings and visibility. Cross at marked crosswalks and in well-lit areas. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives Denver Field Division, or ATF, has classified the Alcova Marina fire as incendiary. A willful ignition of a fire in an area or under circumstances where or when there should not be a fire. ATF and the Natrona County Sheriff's Office is offering a reward up to $5,000 for information leading the arrest and conviction of those responsible for the arson at the Alcova Lakeside Marina building on the 4th of July. The Natrona County Sheriff's Office has received many tips and valuable information and is continuing the active and joint investigation into the incident. Anyone with information not yet reported is encouraged to contact the NCSO office or ATF. Information can be submitted to the Natrona County Sheriff's Office Investigations Division at 307-235-9282 or ATF at 888-ATF-TIPS. Those who wish to remain anonymous can submit information through Crime Stoppers of Central Wyoming. The 38th annual Casper Open Volleyball Tournament, hosted by the Casper Recreation Division, concluded on Sunday with several closely contested matches in 10 divisions. More than 130 teams from Wyoming, Colorado, and South Dakota played in 450 matches on 23 courts across Casper, which is touted as one of the largest adult volleyball tournaments in the region. The event positively impacts the local economy with more than $400,000 of direct spending due to many out-of-town teams traveling to Casper for the weekend. We do have a list of all of the winners, so you can check that out at k2radio.com. A lot of things are overrated, but Wyoming's wildlife is not one of them. Home to more than 100 mammal species and 400 species of birds, Wyoming's wild residents include bison, mountain lions, wolves, bald eagles, grizzly bears, black bears, elk, moose, deer, 
antelope, and wild horses. Every year, the Wyoming Game and Fish puts a calendar together using photographs taken by Wyoming residents and visitors. Photo submissions are selected from photo contests. There will be another one in the spring. The Wyoming Game and Fish has officially put out their 2024 calendar. Copies are available for 10 bucks. You can find them online at their website. Reporting from Casper, this is Colby Fedor. If you have an outdoorsman in your life, Black Friday at Wagner's is the best place to shop gifts, find guns, ammo, hunting and fishing accessories and more this Black Friday at Wagner's. It's going to be windy, but mild, near 60 today. Gusty southwest winds up to 45 miles an hour. Windy tonight, lows in the lower 40s. Cooler tomorrow, highs mid-40s and falling. There's a smattering of a few isolated rain or snow showers possible tomorrow. Fair and dry, Friday and Saturday, colder snow showers return Sunday. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday, so over the hump we go. And I'm, I got something lined up here that's pretty good. I've been working on this for a while this morning. Actually, for more than just this morning. But, you know, I always have some open phones at every part during the day. At some point, you will get open phones. It's the most dangerous time of the program because anybody can call and talk about anything. There's just two rules. Don't be vulgar. Don't be a jerk. Other than that... Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods your phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So the story I have lined up for you, I was putting it together this morning. Five ways to lower energy prices in Wyoming and keep them low. Now, we've been fortunate for a long time in Wyoming, organic fuels like coal, gas, and oil, uh, abundance, and even uranium, things like this. But our prices were low because we extract the coal right here. It goes right into the power plant. We make coal. And then we use that electricity. That keeps the price low. It did for the longest time. And for the longest time, we would extract petroleum, and could, we could refine it into fuel right here in Wyoming. And then so we would use it right here in Wyoming. And for quite a while, that did keep a lot of our prices low. And what did raise the price a bit is that's the way we fund the state. From your local government on up, mainly the state government, from your local government on up, though, gets a lot of money from coal, gas, and oil, which is why the state didn't have to have any kind of state income tax, anything like that. So it's been a big benefit to us. Yet, prices of energy continue to skyrocket. Nice to see a dip in gas prices. That's not going to stay that way. But with all this energy right here, why are energy prices up and threatening to go even higher? And part of that conversation has to do with Rocky Mountain Power, 
wanting up to a 30% increase. And they list all sorts of reasons as to why, but should a state like Wyoming have to have a rate increase like that? So what can we do to lower prices? Well, as I thought, now, if you want to add something to this, I'd love to know what you would add. I have the whole thing up on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which you can follow along or pass this on to somebody, especially your representatives or our governor. Take a look at this. So first and foremost in Wyoming, let the free market reign. In other words, none of government trying to, and I don't care on what level of government we're talking about here, government should not dictate where your power comes from. Whether it's electricity or whatever other kind of energy you're using for it, government should not dictate it. If you want to use natural gas at home, use it. You want to put up solar at home, put it up. You want to get electricity from your local power company and it's a coal power plant, go ahead and do that. That's up to you. You're the consumer. You decide that rather than government trying to manipulate where you get your energy from. If you want to buy an electric car and drive it, go ahead. If you want to go ahead and buy a diesel or a gasoline. And I did see a guy a while back driving around the town. I mean, a cool looking little homemade vehicle is what it looked like. And he had a natural gas tank up front. So he was driving the thing on natural gas. He said, do you want to do that? Go ahead. Your choice, because it's your life. These are the products that you get to buy. You make the decisions. That's step one. If the consumer's making the decision rather than government, consumers will pick what is the best product for their situation at the best possible price. And not everybody's going to choose the same thing, not just because of differences in philosophy, but because differences of where we live and how we live. So different people want different kinds of appliances in their house, for example, all right? So step one, get government out of the decision-making process when it comes to the energy that you choose to use. It's a free market. Step two, let the free market reign in energy production. Rather than government, this is especially the federal government, but rather than government coming along and saying, we're going to get off of whatever kind of energy and we're going to use this kind of energy instead, forget that. Let the market decide. I had no problem at all. Some years ago, Wyoming was burning more coal than anything else. But then suddenly the market started to switch to natural gas. The price of natural gas dropped considerably. And it looked like it was going to stay that way. So some power plants started to convert over from coal to natural gas. That was quite a hit to the coal market, but I looked at it and thought, yeah, but that was a natural marketplace thing. If natural gas is cheaper, well, your energy suppliers are going to provide for you the cheapest possible energy because they understand it's a volume business. Walmart didn't get so rich because they had high prices. Walmart got so big because they have the lowest possible prices. It's the low prices that make you, the consumer, spend more. The more energy people are using, the more money these companies make. So they're going to try to find the energy which is cheapest to produce, providing the savings for the customers, which means the customers will use more of it and they make a bunch of money. Now, when government gets involved, notice I'm using government again. When government gets involved, well, screw all that. doesn't matter if it's complicated and expensive and it loses money like wind and solar, lose money like crazy. 
well, that doesn't matter. We're going to use wind and solar. Yeah, but it loses money. So what? We're using it. And they'll keep on pushing it. Let the marketplace decide. If you, the consumer, want to use electric cars, you will. If you want gasoline-operated cars, you'll go to that. If you want diesel, you'll go to that. Whatever else it might be. However you want to get around. And that'll just mean your automobile or your motorcycle or whatever. But other machines that you use. That's why I say at my house, I don't have much of a lawn. It's not a very big lawn. And so I was able to get used. Somebody was clearing out their garage and they put it up for sale on the Facebook classified section. An electric mower... And it's kind of comes with a long extension cord. And I have such a tiny patch of grass, I thought, oh, that's perfect. That's what I chose to use. But back when I had a bigger lawn, I had a gas-powered mower because it made more sense for that. You see what I'm doing? I'm choosing what works best for my situation. And you'll do the same. You're the consumer. You make your choices. And the same goes for the big energy companies that provide whatever kind of energy. When they make their own choices... They make the choices that are most economical, that make most sense, okay? that are not too cumbersome to make, not too complicated. All right, so the next one, <clears throat> lower regulations. This is where I put in there, we do need government to oversee the production and use of energy to make sure no one's actually polluting. And it's an honest game. You're not, as a customer, you're not getting ripped off. What we don't need is ever-changing and growing useless regulations that do nothing but make everything more expensive. And man, do we have a lot of that. And it just keeps going. All right. Now, produce, here's how a, a great way to keep our energy costs low. Produce more energy at home. It's where we cannot hire someone like Joe Biden anymore. We have all of this energy right here at home. Why are we getting it from foreign countries? It's right in our backyard. That's expensive to go order all of this energy from overseas and have it shipped here. It's a lot less expensive to produce it and refine it, whatever it might be, right here and use it right here. If you want to lower the cost, make energy production domestic, not foreign. Foreign energy is far more expensive. And for those people who worry about saving the planet, going and getting your energy from foreign sources creates a lot more pollution than doing it here at home. Not just because we do it cleaner here at home, but it doesn't have as far to travel. It's it just perfect common sense on that. Finally, Get Wyoming out of the carbon game. CO2, as I've said many times, is not a pollutant. Carbon capture and sequestration is raising the cost of energy in Wyoming. From Wildfile, I came across this. Wildfile writes, there are five coal units in Wyoming that are subject to law and currently under analysis for carbon capture retrofits. Two at Wildac Complex Center near Gillette, one at the Dave Johnson Power Plant near Glen Rock, and two at the Jim Bridger Plant in east of Rock Springs. Get a load of this. Initial cost analysis so far indicate that retrofitting a single, a single coal-fired power plant would cost about $500 million, according to Black Hills Energy. That's the low end. 
and does not account for inflation or uh, over the next 10 years and, and, and many other factors that will roll into that. And, and guess who's going to pay that, God? That, yeah. Applying a carbon capture retrofit to Unit 4 of Rocky Mountain Power, Dave Johnson Coal Fire Power Plant, according to some observers, would be even more expensive. It's a huge capacity generator. It would still require additional pollutant controls, according to Wildfire File. So here are, again, these people who are just determined that we've got to get into this whole carbon capture thing. Oh, we have to. Do you, do you see how it not only does it not benefit anything when it comes to saving the planet from climate change? It does nothing. But look how expensive that is. Your electricity rates are going to skyrocket if they do this. Now, do we even need to do this? Well, hold on. I got the answer for you next. 818 is the time. Wake up. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's okay. I was uh, going through it. I have an article on the Wake Up Wyoming website if you want to read it. And if you like it, even share it. Five different ways that we can reduce Wyoming energy costs and keep it low. Then a lot of it just has to do with government interference. Just in general, get government out of it on many different levels. And I describe that. And that includes pushing us toward wind and solar, which is not only not clean not green, not sustainable, not reliable, but also not affordable. I've gone through all of that. Okay, but now let's take a look at the whole idea of carbon sequestration, which your governor here in Wyoming wants to push us toward. And there's even some legislation in the Wyoming House and Senate that makes it that so they have to. These power companies have to get us involved in carbon sequestration, which I've asked some of my own representatives can we find a way just to put the brakes on this, just to stop it? Because it's going to, not only does it not solve anything when it comes to the climate, but it makes our electricity here in Wyoming outrageously more expensive with no benefits to it. All right, so the first guy I'd like you to hear, this is Nobel laureate. So this is a Nobel Prize winning physicist, Nobel laureate, Dr. John Clauser when asked about CO2 and using CO2 uh, or for that matter sequestering CO2 or is it harmful to the planet anyway? Is there currently a climate emergency? Well, there is an emergency. It's an emergency of common sense. And um, the other emergency we have is there's not enough carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It has been decreasing uh, over geological time from 0.7%, which is 500 million years ago, to the current 0.04%. If we halved it, all plant life would die. And we should be thinking very seriously about the long-term future of the planet and feeding plants with plant food, which is carbon dioxide. So we have a, a huge crisis in the education system, which has been dumbed down for the last 60 years. As a result of that, we have people having eco-anxiety and thinking there's a climate crisis. It's actually a crisis of education. Okay, so again, that was Nobel Prize laureate, which drives some people absolutely crazy. That fact that here's a guy who is a physicist and a Nobel Prize winning laureate, Dr. John Clauser, 
And uh, here's a headline that came on him. Uh, President Biden smeared him recently uh, because he had a White House Oval Office meeting to uh, practice. Well, it... uh, (laughs) There was a video where he met with this laureate, met with some people about climate change, and he spoke in front of what uh, Biden would consider a bunch of climate deniers. And so that's why Biden chose to smear this guy, even though, and Biden thinks he's all up on the science. This is a Nobel Prize winning laureate who studies this stuff. So who do you think I'm going to listen to? Also, there's Dr. Patrick Moore. Dr. Patrick Moore is one of the co-founders of Greenpeace. Projected CO2 level in the absence of human emissions, there it goes through that red line, everything dies. It could be a million years from now or two, but that's not very long in the situation of life's history. So life would have killed itself inadvertently by creating armor plating in the sea. And we inadvertently are replenish it by finding fossil fuels and making cement. We didn't know that we were doing this positive role, but basically my paper, The Positive Influence of Human CO2 Emissions on the Survival of Life on Earth, is available on the internet, and it goes through the whole story, and we are life's savior, salvation, not its destroyer, because it would have gone down if we had not intervened, if we had not stopped the continuous sedimentation of Carb- calcium carbonate on the ocean floor. So who am I going to listen to here? On the one hand, we have like Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Gore, and Joe Biden. Or I have this Nobel Prize winning laureate, and I have the co-founder of Greenpeace and other people like this that I've played the audio for that have said the same thing over the years. So I believe the Nobel Prize winning laureate when he says what we have is a crisis in education. So let's get back to here in the state of Wyoming. My article is about how do you lower the cost of energy here in the state of Wyoming and keep it low. Well, another way to look at this is let's take a look at what happened to Europe when Europe, the of course, Europe being more socialist than we are right now. And European countries decided, well, we're going to take over the energy sector, which used to be private, and we're going to force it a certain way. And as they did, and they're trying to save the planet once again, We're going to have clean, green, sustainable, affordable, reliable energy. And, of course, all the opposite of that happened. So the energy that they have now is not clean or green or affordable or reliable or sustainable. And energy prices keep going up and up and up. Well, the same thing happened in California when California tried to go all wind and solar. And also California puts the squeeze on organic fuels like coal, gas, and oil. In Texas, as much as we love the state of Texas... There's a lot of people in Texas who decided to take the advantage of the subsidies by the federal government and put vast amounts of wind power up through the Texas deserts area. And what's happening to their energy reliance and what's happening to their cost as well for energy in the state of Texas has gone through the roof. So here we are in Wyoming now. They're saying, well, we want to raise your electric rates by up to 30%. Well, it seems to me, if we wanted to lower that rate and keep it low, less government, domestic energy, and get out of this carbon capture nonsense. We could get it low and keep it low. Coming up on 8.30, open phones, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS, news time, Wake Up Wyoming.
like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Thirty-six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Yeah, I'm going on about something, but you can interrupt me and change the subject if you want, or talk about what I'm talking about. Either way, triple eight ninety-seven Woods eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Then there's all the people from all over the region who send me notes on the Wake Up Wyoming app. All you got to do, the app is free. It's at your app store. Just Wake Up Wyoming. When you download it, you notice there's a toolbar that pops up across the middle, and in the middle of the toolbar, just touch on it. That's chat, it says. And you can go ahead and send me text messages while I'm on the air, and I answer people back, both on the air and off the air. All right, since I was picking on Governor Gordon, and I want to be clear with everybody, I've often been this way with certain people. I don't necessarily have a problem with anyone personally. In fact, there are some people I actually like. It's just we have some really strong disagreements, but that doesn't mean I dislike them or feel the need to demonize them. So Mark Gordon, as a person, I've always liked as an individual. I always thought he was a good guy. Uh, I didn't want him to be governor, and you're about to hear one of the reasons why. But I do appreciate what he did for Wyoming's portfolio. One of the reasons that the state has such a uh, massive savings account for rainy day funds, things like that, is Mark Gordon. He's done a lot of good for the state, but as governor... Headline, Cowboy State Daily, Gordon says conservatism is key to Wyoming's fight for climate change. <sighs> okay, uh, I'll read this, but I'll tell you why we, I, and I think you already have an idea why I have a problem with it. Story says, Governor Mark Gordon says Wyoming needs to fight climate concerns with traditional conservatism and economic expansion, not stagnation. In his message to the opening of the 40th Annual Governor's Business Forum Tuesday, Gordon said America has entered a state of economic doldrums because of political partisanship and fractionalization. Boy, I just murdered that word, didn't I? And loss of focus on what needs to be done to move the country forward. Gordon said there's a struggle between conservatism and populism and that uh, traditional conservatism is the American way. He believes the country is getting distracted by noise instead of solving problems. The rise of populist conservative movements in America, such as the Tea Party, MAGA, following President Trump, have contributed to that distraction, he said. It's mine. I want to keep it for myself, Gordon said, the mindset of the populist movement. If we're going to uh, really do well as a nation, we need to come together and understand. We all do better when we make sure to, have, uh, to leave this place just a little bit better over time. And then he shared some, conserv- uh, some some personal memories and so on. And then said, conservatism is about what my parents made sure I had. It's about making this place a better place, about doing the best you can with what you have, where you have. Okay. Um, where I have a problem with a lot of what he said here, though, is that when it comes to he, – he's a believer in human-caused climate change. And I'm not. You know, it, when I listen to the scientists, when I look at the science myself, I come to the conclusion that, yes, we, we do need to keep a clean planet. I'm for making sure that as we extract energy, coal, gas, and oil, and so on, that we do it in a clean way. 
that we're stewards of the planet. Because there was a time that we weren't. We almost drove the whales extinct after whatever we can get from whales, not just their oil and blubber, but other things. We used to cut down forests and never replant anything. Someone would go after coal or oil and just devastate the area and leave a massive mess behind and not care. But over time, unlike China and other Asian countries, we learned. And so now we make sure that when we go to extract energy or even use energy, we do it in the cleanest possible way. And I'm all for that. That's good stewardship of where we live. What I have a problem with is, well, we have to capture and sequester CO2 because we're causing a climate crisis. That's where we differ. No, we're not. And CO2 is not a pollutant. And it's not causing a climate crisis. But okay. On Tuesday, Gordon also made the assertion that more people freeze than die from heat exhaustion, according to... uh, a website, uh, let's see, in 2022, 148 people died from extreme heat and 22 people died due to extreme cold in the United States. But in Wyoming, those numbers are starkly different despite there being a much smaller statistical group. According to the Wyoming Department of Health, more people have died from cold every year. All right. We can provide that heat and we can provide it in a way that is innovative and responsible and provides incredible opportunities uh, going forward. He said, Gordon said, Neither the United States nor Wyoming is in a crisis about how we will address climate change. Well, okay. I'll read the rest of it, then I'll respond. He said, our ability to advance and move into a future that is responsible has tremendous opportunity. All right. Well, this is where uh, Governor Gordon and I once again disagree. He said, neither United States nor Wyoming is a crisis, is in a crisis about how to address climate change. Well, actually, again, it's a natural thing. Climate change is a natural thing. He has the mindset that we have to address it somehow. And his way of doing so has gone the way of, let's say, California, unfortunately, Texas, some other places, European countries, as we get into energy that is not only not affordable, not reliable, but also not good for the planet. If you want to go back to something that was better for the planet, then you'd want to go back to using, with the way we were before here in the United States, coal, gas, and oil. It's the climate crisis thing that Gordon and I disagree on. And I think many of you do as well. But Gordon has this idea that the conservative movement is with him on climate change, probably because of who he surrounds himself with, that he has that belief. So I think the real answer for us here in the state of Wyoming, and this is why I have made sure not only to get a hold of my own representatives and say, hey, can we get out of this whole nonsense? Can we stop doing this? The whole fighting climate change thing. Can we stop? We're Wyoming. We don't believe, most of us don't believe that way. But not only talking to our representatives, but also making sure that next time around, we get someone in the office of a governor that believes a little bit more like the rest of us do. Uh, because this is one, there's a lot of good things that Gordon's done for the state. He actually has. But this is one thing that most people in Wyoming disagree on. Like when, Wyoming, like when Gordon went to Harvard University 
and said that Wyoming is committed to becoming not just carbon neutral, but carbon negative. And there was outrage in Wyoming as people said to him, no, we're not. That's Gordon's opinion. That's not the opinion of the majority of people in Wyoming. I know some people do agree with him, but the bulk of the people in the state of Wyoming don't agree with him. And that's where I think he is misunderstanding. He, I, I guess I get from what he says that he has this opinion that most of us agree with him on this. And I would say that, uh, Mr. Gordon, most of us don't agree with this on this, and we don't like the path you're taking us down. What I'd like our legislators to do while Gordon's still in office is just put the brakes on all of this. Let him say whatever he wants to say. He's entitled to his opinion, but don't let him act on it. Mandy Mays and Kimball, listening to another scientist about net zero carbon emission is a death wish for humanity. Any politician pushing this needs to be elected out. Well, yeah. 845, wake up my own one. Sure, we sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. I'm so happy to be here, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire, the situation's dire. A lot of work occur, it's gonna be required, but... I'm just happy to be here. 8.48 is the time off. We go to talk to Frank Gambino. So, Frank, I am not someone who admires uh, lazy, okay? Oh, no, it's a yeah. uh, um, it's a time-honored tradition in some countries. It is, yeah. <clears throat> but to me, I do admire creative lazy. Which means that okay. you're sleeping and then no one can find you. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, okay. Or when you sit there at work, it looks like you're really working, but you're actually just... Daydreaming? Daydreaming, goofing yeah. off. Okay, here's one. <clears throat> Several people have sent me this. So for Halloween, someone took one of those massive skeletons and put it up in their yard. Oh, the big tall one? Yes. Yeah. Now that we're getting close to Thanksgiving, they dressed him up to make it look like he's a pilgrim. Okay, that, that, that's creative. See, yeah. now he doesn't have to take the thing down and put something else up there. He just put on a, a little outfit or and a big for, outfit. And then for Christmas, they're going to dress him up as Santa Claus. Yes, Exactly, yeah. So on the one hand, that's kind of lazy because that, you know, he doesn't... And it also, it saves him money. It saves him a lot of work and saves him a, a lot of money. And also, his neighbors are all looking going, ooh, yeah. that's cool. Work smarter, you not see? harder. This is the kind of stuff that you do to make sure that you are admired by people for your laziness, yeah. Frank. Now, I'm lazy because I leave my Christmas tree up the entire year. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I do I know. am too lazy to take it down and put it yeah. in the box. Okay. That, but, don't, don't, but your cat must be used to it then. Well, yeah, that hangs out, and I, and I use it as a nightlight. Okay, well, there you go. Now, I do know some people who put up Christmas tree lights and have decided that those lights in the summertime are like party lights. Yeah. And why would you, for the Christmas lights outside, why would you put them up and take them down every single time? Yes. Unless it's like a weather-related thing. Especially at the most dangerous time to put them up and take them down yeah, yeah. when it's all icy out there. Right. So put them up, leave them up. Yes. And even if you don't turn them on until next Christmas. Exactly, yeah. There they are. So you see, folks, what Frank and I are talking about, and I knew Frank would completely relate. There's lazy, which I don't admire. Mm -hmm. Then there's creative lazy. Lazy, which I do admire. 
Juco Volleyball. Casper College will begin play at the National Tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas later on this morning. The Birds will be making their first appearance in 11 years at National. They'll meet Miami Dade at 9 this morning. Casper is the 14th seed at 28 and 12. They've won 19 of the last 23. Miami Dade is the third seed with a record of 20 and 5. The T-Birds will have been paced this year by Star Valley High School grab Maya Hutchings, who's second in the country in kills. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls beat Denver University on the road last night, 58-41, so they're 2-1 and one on the year. Emily Malema had led the way with 15 points for the Cowgirls, who shot just 35% from the floor and 5 of 20 from the three-point line. However, UW was 15 of 16 from the free-throw line. The Cowgirls will be at Gonzaga on Saturday in Spokane. Next up for the Wyoming Cowboy football team will be Hawaii in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. The Pokes have two more regular season games, so an eight-game regular season win total is not out of the realm of possibility, but playing in the Mountain West Conference Championship game is not going to happen. Cowboys have a, are coming off a disheartening loss to UNLV back on Friday on the road, so they're 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in league play. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven and 2-4 and four in conference play. And the Cowboys are 13.5-point favorites in the game. That's a noon start from War Memorial Stadium, and we'll have it for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. Here's a rundown of some, how the, some of the former Wyoming Cowboys, how they did in the National Football League over the weekend. Casper native and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with five tackles in their 30-27 loss to Houston. Carl Granderson on the defensive line for New Orleans with four tackles in their loss to Minnesota. Marcus Epps, who plays in the secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders, have five tackles in their loss to the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen had a rough game on Monday as the Bills lost at home to the Denver Broncos. Allen was 15 of 26 for 177 yards and two interceptions and one TD pass. One of the interceptions wasn't his fault, but for the season he has thrown 11 picks and that's the worst in the NFL. He does have 26 combined touchdowns this season. That leads the NFL and 19 TD passes. That leads the NFL, but the Bills are 5-5 five and five this year. They have woefully underperformed and fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. The Casper College men's soccer team completed their season this week going 1-1 one one in pool play at the National Tournament in Wichita, Kansas. The Birds lost to the number one ranked team in the country, Arizona Western, but beat LSU Eunice. Arizona Western advanced out of pool play to get to the semifinals. The T-Birds were the 12th seed and finished the year 11-7-4. The LCCC women's soccer team lost both of their games in the National Tournament to Iowa Western and Hill College, and they wrap up the year 10-5-3. That's it in sports. So when will we know who UW plays in the ball? Well, game? probably right after the end of the season, because they, you know, um, give or take first week of December. Yeah. Because the games that the Wyoming will be playing in will be at the end of December. Mm-hmm. You know, so far I've seen one prediction that Wyoming will play Ohio again okay. in the famous Potato Bowl. Right. It could be in the Arizona Bowl. It could be in yeah. the New Mexico Bowl. Okay. That's, I think that's probably the three possibilities uh, of, of where they're going to go. How do they decide this? Well, sometimes they, they figure out who's going to draw the most people. Oh, okay. Just So it's it's luck of the draw, but draw is in most people. Well, the bowl says to these schools, you have to buy 12,000 tickets. Oh, Lord. And then you sell them to yes. your fans. All right. Wow. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. News time. More open phones right after the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Sunday.
9.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Excuse me, I just found an article here, which I'm going to send to our Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Gray, and we chat now and then several different ways. One of them is on, you know, uh, social media messenger sites and so on. So I had Secretary of State Chuck Gray on earlier because there's a retired lawyer in Wyoming. I believe he's from Laramie. And he wants to make sure that Donald Trump and Senator Cynthia Lummis are not on the ballot in Wyoming because, and there's other states trying to do this as well, but not on the ballot because of January 6th, what they call the insurrection. And my argument for the whole thing is, well, if you can convict these people of this, then, okay, you have a point because they were convicted of it. But no one's been convicted of anything. And we can get into all of this. But so, therefore, uh, the lawsuit means nothing. So Secretary of State Chuck Gray is mentioned in the lawsuit. That's why he came out this morning and he said he's going to fight it because there's no way that can happen in Wyoming. The people of Wyoming want Cynthia Lummis on the ballot and Donald Trump on the ballot, then they're going to be. Well, story that just popped up, former President Donald Trump will remain on Michigan's ballot. There, I just sent it to the Secretary of State of Wyoming, so he'll probably get back to me in a few minutes here. But <clears throat> So, yeah, the same lawsuit was filed in Michigan. He will re- Donald Trump will remain on the Michigan ballot. Trump's opponents argued in multiple states that the former president is ineligible for office under the 14th Amendment. They say that Trump's actions surrounding January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol constitutes insurrection. The Michigan court judge rejected the argument. Quote, the judicial action removing a candidate from the presidential ballot and prohibiting them from running essentially strips Congress of its ability to, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such a disability. So that would be up to maybe Congress to do? Okay, quote, the question of whether he is ineligible due to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment presents a political question that is non-judiciable at the present time. So in other words, a judge can't decide it, is what the judge is saying. The question of whether Donald Trump is qualified or disqualified from appearing on the 2024 general election ballot in Michigan is not ripe for adjudication at this time. Again, judges can't decide that. Hmm. Congress can. Trump is facing similar efforts to remove him on the ballot in Colorado. Currently pending a decision out of a Colorado lawsuit, a watchdog group, Citizens for Responsibility, and six Colorado voters filed a lawsuit in September. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see, is there anything else in the story? that? Nope. And then uh, Secretary of State Chuck Ray, when he was on, he did mention there was, there was a list of, I think he named eight states total that had filed such a lawsuit. And then somebody here in Wyoming is trying to do the same thing. So far, in several states, judges have rejected this. Sorry, nice try, maybe, but you can't, no. And this judge is saying it's not something a judge can decide. It would have to be Congress that decides that. If that judge is correct, I haven't, I have to go back and read that clause and see how this is supposed to work and why exactly the judge thinks that way. Because my thought would be, well, if, if the, the president was found guilty of insurrection in a court of law, 
But maybe that's not the case. Maybe he has to be found guilty by Congress? I don't know. I'd like to see the legalities of that. So, okay. And again, as soon as I find out some more, I'll get back to you. Uh, Princes and Casper, fun fact, the 50-cent pay phone at Lusk is still function. Really? Okay, hang on. Pritz is telling me there is a payphone at the Lusk rest stop, and it still functions. Wow. Okay, if anyone's ever there and wants to call this program from that payphone, triple eight ninety seven was. I did stop at. Let me see. I was on I twenty five, and. There's a, a nice big rest stop outside of Guernsey. You know where I'm at here on, on I-25? And I went and pulled into that. And it's the one where you got that beautiful view of Laramie Peak. Just a stunning view. Well, as I was walking into, I looked off to the right and went, ooh, a payphone. And I picked it up and listened, and it's not working. It's very difficult to find a working payphone. But according to Pritz, thank you then. That is a 50 cent. That's outrageous. 50 whole cents. And it still works. I might have to drive all the way out there just to do that. I might actually. Have, okay. Thanks for that. I, I'll have fun with that. All right. Next one. This just came up. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Black Hills Energy is saying expect lower gas prices this winter. Now, what I find interesting as I take a look at this, uh, gas prices, okay, if they're lower, um, it's the Biden administration that would like to stop you from using natural gas at home. Yeah, just recently, I did a weekend live remote. It was an open house. There's a community being built near me, and they have all sorts of uh, finished and almost finished homes. So I was there helping them out with their open house. And as I'm looking at the homes that are finished or close to being finished, they all had natural gas stoves in there, gas stoves. And I'm thinking, boy, the Biden administration is just going to hate this. But it's Wyoming, so, you know, screw you, Biden. We're going to do it. The story here says, as the bitter chill of winter fast approaches, Wyoming residents are actually uh, reluctantly preparing for an inevitable increase in heating bills. At a time when budget purse strings growing tighter. Well, in September of this year, Reuters reported the, naturally, the National Energy Assistance Directors Association said prices for home heating this coming winter will remain at near record levels with caveats, natural gas, etc. Okay. Black Hills Energy said that they, they anticipate a reduction in natural gas bills for Wyoming customers. Now, this is something I was talking about earlier this morning when I said, how do you lower Wyoming utility rates and keep them low? And I named five ways to how to do that, and most of it is free market. But okay, quote, historic production and above average storage have provided a stable market to power this winter's heating, said the Black Hills Energy General Manager of Wyoming operations. As we do throughout the year, he said, we're encouraging customers to use less energy through energy conservation and mainly efficiency projects. So customers will no doubt breathe a sigh of relief, the story says, considering last year prices 
were nearly triple compared to the previous year. Last year, quote, the increased cost of natural gas was a primary driver of higher monthly energy costs for both electric and natural gas customers across the entire country. Black Hills Energy says customers can anticipate lower natural gas prices for this season. So why have the prices dropped? Well, uh, let me see. Everyone welcomes. The price difference is thanks to gas cost rate used by uh, Black Hills Wyoming Gas, which reflects the cost to purchase natural gas from suppliers on behalf of their customers. And then it talks about what those rates would be. So uh, understanding your energy bill, it goes into delivery, energy supply, taxes, there's a lot of there's a lot in this story. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming website right now, and then it has tips to save money beyond that. So it's a pretty good article. So I appreciate uh, it's Felicia who wrote this article. I think she's down, I believe, in Laramie working for us. Uh, but yeah, good article, Felicia, especially you know, and also how people can you know not use so much, but still the fact that it's that they're saying we have a nice big store of it ready to go. We were able to buy it cheap and store it, and it's ready to go for this winter time. That ought to keep your prices lower and ought to make the Biden administration mad as hell. 916, wake up. Wyoming. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Off to the presidential campaigns. I, just so you know, I had somebody asking me yesterday. So did you see during the last presidential debate, or you know, for the uh, primary debates for the Republicans? And my answer has been, I haven't been watching them. I haven't. Been, uh, like, what? I thought you evolved. No, I just you know, like with a lot of things. Over the years, it's devolved into something that's just completely useless. And the same thing for even here in Wyoming when we had the gubernatorial debates up, up in the states. I tried watching them. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm really not. I do think that the current uh, debates that we have, uh, trying to figure out who's going to be the our nominee for the Republican Party for president, yeah, the debates have just been, in my opinion, just useless. Now and then, though, somebody does step up and say something that makes me go, wait, what? Nikki Haley asserts that, and this was not during a debate, though, asserts that allowing people to post on social media anonymously is a national security threat. She promises that as president, she will force, uh-oh, there's a word that a more of a libertarian guy like me can't stand, uh, force every person on social media to be verified by name. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, Social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. Okay, so what do you think? All right, now the first part of that, as far as social media companies need to show their algorithms and show why they do what they do. Oh, okay. 
Well, and you know how that is. If you post something that doesn't say what that social media company thinks is correct, then you will either be de-emphasized or they'll just not get out at all. A lot of you are experiencing that. You're trying to say something and nobody gets to see it. Nobody gets to see what you said. Well, their algorithm decided that you we can't let you say that. So they de-emphasize it. But if you say something they like, they let everybody see it. So she would like to see the algorithm. Now, as far as making sure that everybody's name is out there, I will give her this much. One of the things I've noticed with the Internet, as soon as it came around and people started chatting on the Internet, is people started to think that there's a certain level of anonymity. And so it leads to a lot of people just being jerks. Stuff that somebody would never say in person. They'll go ahead and say it when they can hide behind some false name, something they, an avatar, whatever it might be. Where I disagree with her, though, is when she says, well, if everybody knew everybody's name, where they were from and so on, it would lead to civility. <clears throat> no, it doesn't. I know that because... I see this all the time. People who do know each other in person, and so they friended each other and followed each other on social media. So they know who they are. They know where the other person lives. But now that they're on social media and in the privacy of their own home and they feel safe, that other person's not standing or sitting right smack in front of them, then they'll go ahead and say things that they would normally never say to somebody's face. The idea that it will lead to more civility, I completely disagree with that. I don't think that it will. So here's one woman responding to Nikki Haley. She says, I was wondering where Nikki Haley got the idea that the federal government should ban anonymous speech on social media. Perhaps from the WEF conference in China that she attended and listened to the prime minister's keynote. Donald Trump said in response to this. It should be mandatory that all haters and losers use their identification when tweeting. So, in case you're thinking that's Nikki Haley said that and, you know, just her. I'm going to read exactly what Donald Trump said. He tweeted, it should be, when was this? Uh, he tweeted this back in 2013. So, Donald Trump said this back in 2013. It should be mandatory that all haters and losers use their real name or an identification when tweeting. They will no longer be so brave. Okay. But I don't think Donald Trump, even though he said that, he never, as president, tried to push for anything like that. He just says, I just think it should be everybody should just say who they are. He never said that as president he would make that mandatory, which in case Nikki Haley said, as president, she would make it mandatory. I had John in Granite Canyon. Good point. He said the Federalist Papers were written anonymously. Yeah, they, they, they were, actually, yeah. They had to be because you saw, John, what happened as soon as the Founding Fathers were found out, their identifications were revealed. You saw what happened to most of them. It didn't really end well for quite a few founding fathers. Uh, the writer of this article says, in addition, bot accounts, foreign influence operations, and propagandists of all stripes can put all sorts of lies out without anyone being held accountable. If you know an account is tied to a Russian spy ring, you might evaluate it, its information differently. 
It also makes it easier to identify predators. So Okadoki, he said, I get the argument. It, it has a surface plausibility to it, he says. It's appealing or both security and state types or, and soccer moms, okay? All sorts of problems would be mitigated. Now, there's the problem, aside from constitutionality. Anonymous accounts empower people to express unpopular views that might get people canceled if they actually said it out loud. So does that sound familiar to anyone? The fe- and, and this guy, by the way, I.A.D. John, this guy brings up the Federalist Papers, just like you did. Uh, Red and Casper, pirate companies ignore it all. They can do and say whatever they want. Wise people should know to use their brains to determine if it's the truth. And there's something I do think is is the case, because it's one of those things where... When Nikki Haley says, well, I would make it mandatory that, well, how do you plan to do that on the Internet? If you really think about it, you can't. It's not really possible to do. Somebody will get around it. There's really not a way. The way the Internet works, you really can't. Somebody can make a fake name anytime. And how are you going to know? People know how to hack around that easily. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. The more open phones with you and me. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, 888-97. What's the phone number? 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Okay, I really... Just, it's hard to believe sometimes what news organizations put out there. Bloomberg published an article this year, beginning of November. Okay. Here's the headline. With COVID back and winter approaching, is it safe to dine indoors? Okay. No, we're beyond all of this. We passed all of this up. But all right, it's, it's, it's safe to eat indoors now. Were you eating outside? No, I mean, on a regular basis because you were afraid of COVID. I I still see occasionally people walking around wearing masks, which I, I guess really confuses me because, hey, it didn't work when there was a COVID thing going around. It's not working now, but okay. Those people are also told to eat outside, stuff like that. Are they still doing that? All right, so let's see here. Um... Okay. Uh, the letter was written in, to Bloomberg advice column, and they answered it as if it was totally a legitimate concern. So this is an advice column. Let's go ahead and, and answer this seriously. Take the person seriously. I would love to have answered that, but okay. At this time last year, I was able to recite the number of COVID cases in New York from memory says this writer. COVID was so ingrained in our daily life that meant monitoring viral risks, which was part of our my daily routine. 
as it was checking the weather. In November of 22, last year, COVID was ingrained in our daily life. Really liked the weather? Was it for you? Because I don't remember it being for me. All right. Quote, as a healthy person in my mid-30s, I personally find my risk of tolerance for mostly depends on whether I have a social work event coming up that I don't want to miss. Okay, so I guess the answer to this is there are still people out there who are in freak-out mode. Now, I, what, the reason it confuses me is because I never was. Like when it comes to getting anything, flu, when regular flu season comes around, what do you do? All right, for me, I just know it's flu season. It's regular flu season. And so there are certain precautions I just take to make it less likely that I'll get the flu. Basic things, you know, like, uh, you know, making sure you do wash your hands, stuff like that. But uh, we all learn basic things about how to avoid getting sick. And one of the biggest ones I found was avoid being around sick people. No, that I don't laugh that serious. See someone who's sick, don't be around them. But also to help out. If I do get sick, I am not going to be around other people. I immediately, when I do feel sick, I just let everybody know I'm not feeling well. I'm catching something. I am going home and I'm going to bed. And I do it immediately. I don't wait until I feel really bad and do it. I'm going to nip this right now. I'm going to do it. And I go home and I, I don't just quarantine myself away from other people. But I find, okay, I lay down, get a lot of rest, liquids, stuff like that, you know. And it gives my ch- my body a chance to fight it faster before it gets really bad. That's usually the best way to handle that. So when the whole COVID thing came around, I looked at it as exactly the same thing. Um, just don't be around a lot of people if you can. You know, cleanliness is good. And that was about it. That's all I did. I didn't do anything else. I just... Made sure I wasn't around a lot of people, and I made sure to keep clean and sanitized. That's about all you really can do in a situation like that, in my opinion. Okay, and it worked fine for me. I never got it. But there are those people out there who, like it showed in the article there, were checking every single day like the weather forecast. What's the COVID numbers out there? The person I saw driving down the road here in Wyoming by herself wearing a face shield and a mask while alone in her car. Okay, those people. Those are the ones that I think kind of freaked out and panicked about the whole thing. And there are a few out there, are they hypochondriacs? Am I being too hard on them? Maybe it could be just hypochondriacs that were screaming, see, I told you so. Because we've all met those people, and I, I have at least in a couple of times in my life met people who are always constantly worried about getting sick over every little thing and constantly thinking that they're sick. So they're a partly a, a, a hypochondriac. So when the whole COVID thing came around, that just, well, proved to them everything that they ever said. So, yeah, Bloomberg actually ran that as a headline because someone wrote them a letter. What do I do? We're coming up on COVID season. Is it safe to eat indoors? You might as well ask yourself, is it safe to go outside? Is it safe to have a life? I think the answer is eat right, exercise, 
don't put yourself in risky situations where germs tend to be. Don't be a hypochondriac about it, but you know what that means. You do that, your odds of getting sick are a whole lot less, and you don't have to be in panic mode about it. But okay, yeah, that was an actual Bloomberg headline. I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and guess I guess some people are still in that mode. I let's wake up my now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine forty-eight is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. Okay, uh, Frank, I just found something which you will find hard to believe, but I swear to you, it exists. You know, I'm yeah, not surprised at anything at any all. Okay. Anymore. Uh, so I told you some time ago. I ran. This is after I got done home carrying my dad. I needed a job. Yeah. Took a job as a manager, and it was a really big, big, big shoe store. Yeah. Right? Should, yeah. Okay. And every so often, somebody would walk in. Do you know of a of a cobbler, anyone who repairs shoes? They, no. They don't exist anymore, as far as I know. I haven't found one. They used to be all over the place. Well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, somebody had to nail the heels back on sure. to, to dress shoes and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, Shoes could last a long time. In fact, the tops of your shoes could really be nice, but it's the bottoms every so often you would just get them resold. Yeah. Okay. Just accidentally came across this. Someone took a picture of a business card. I had to track it down. I found it. And I'll write up. I'll write up about this tomorrow on the Wake Up Wyoming website. In Casper, Wyoming, Schmidt's bootmaker. Okay. And here he is sitting. A picture of him sitting in his shop, and he is making. He has shoes and boots, and he makes them by hand. Hmm. Yeah. Does I'm, he fix shoes? Uh, you know, I would I, bet he probably does. He probably, but, or probably uh, can. He probably can, yeah. Now, in one hand, I'm looking at him here making a pair of work boots. And they look every bit as good as if you went to, you know, like one of the Wyoming Work Warehouse. Yeah. Someplace like that and picked up a really good pair of work boots. These look every bit as good. And they are handmade. I'm watching a video of him doing it right now. That's crazy. Yeah, he's even nailing nails in. You know, the rubber soles well, yeah. and glues and nails and stuff like that. Wow. And then here's a picture of him working on a shoe. Oh, ladies. He has ladies' shoes, uh -huh. stuff like that he does as well. So I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of research on this guy and then do a nice post on him. It doesn't have to be a work booth. There's some fancy stuff that he does, too. I didn't know, Frank, I didn't know they existed anymore. Neither did I. I mean, right. I, seriously, I, I thought just... Who who would fix shoes? Who, who and who makes them? Yeah, and who makes yeah. them? Now I gotta ask the question then, when it comes to being, having a handmade pair of boots or shoes, whatever the case is. So what's the price tag? I mean, that's got to be you know a little more expensive than your average store, of course. And they're probably more comfortable. Probably now, the, I think the advantage would be though, over time, if there's a problem, you know where to go get them fixed. Yeah, right. He's right. And yeah, right over here, yeah. What do you want to... I'll have to ask him. I'll send him a note. Do you think because they're hand-done, there's a warranty? Not possibly. Hmm. Well, women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Denver University on the road 58-41, so they are 2-1 and one on the year. Emily Malema led the way with 15 points for UW, but the Cowgirls shot just 35% from the floor and 5 of 20 from the three-point line. However... Cowgirls were 15 of 16 from the free throw line. 
and they'll be at Gonzaga on Saturday in Spokane. Juco Volleyball, Casper College, will begin play this morning at the National Tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas. The Birds are making their 11th appearance in the National Tournament, and they are playing Miami-Dade right now in Hutch. Casper is the 14th seed at 28-12. and 12. They've won 19 of their last 23 matches. Miami-Dade is the third seed with a record of 20-5. and five. The Tebers have been paced this year by Star Valley High School grad Maya Hutchings, who is second in the country in kills. Next up for the Wyoming Cowboy football team will be uh, Hawaii in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. Folks have two more regular season games to go, Hawaii and Nevada. And an eight-win regular season is not out of the realm of possibility, but playing in the Mountain West Conference Championship game will not happen. Cowboys, after that disheartening loss to UNLV back on Friday, sit at 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in league play. Hawaii is not having a very good season at all. They're 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in conference play. And the folks are 13.5-point favorites in the game. That's a noon start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper. And KOWB in Laramie. Here's a rundown of the how the former Wyoming Cowboy crew did in the National Football League over the weekend. Gasper native and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with five tackles in their 30 to 27 loss to Houston. Carl Grandison, who plays on the New Orleans defensive line, four tackles for the Saints in their loss to Minnesota. Marcus Epps, who plays in the secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders, five tackles in their loss to the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen really had a rough game on Monday as the Bills lost at home to the Denver Broncos. Allen was 15 of 26 for 177 yards and two interceptions and one touchdown pass. One of those interceptions really wasn't his fault, but for the season he's thrown 11 picks and that's the worst in the NFL. He does have 26 combined touchdowns this season. That leads the league. 19 TD passes that leads the league, but the Bills are 5-5 five and five and woefully underperforming and did fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Casper College men's soccer team completed their season this week going 1-1 one one in pool play at the National Tournament in Wichita, Kansas. The Birds lost to the number one rated team in the country, Arizona Western, but yelled beat LSU Eunice. Arizona Western advanced out of the pool play to get to the semifinals. T-Birds were the 12th seed and finished the year 11-7-4. The LCCC women's soccer team lost both of their games in the national tournament went to Iowa Western and to Hill College, and they will wrap up the year at 10-5-3. And that's it in sports. Okay, I just contacted this guy. We'll see when he gets okay. back with me. I did find out, though, this stuff tends to be on the pricier side. I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And, 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 and rightfully so, really, yeah. if, it, if it's handmade like that. Well, and also the kind of leathers and other materials yeah. that he uses here. So, I mean, there's stuff. He's got one. It's a nice looking boot, Frank. It is a great looking boot. Highest quality material. Now it's like $900. Well. And he's got some others, some more shoes and high top shoes that are like in the 600 some dollar range. Yeah, for 900 yeah, bucks, you're going to sleep right. in your boots. Oh, my Lord, yeah. But again, if you think, well, that's kind of expensive. Handcrafted, yes, and the best possible materials. I'm going to get this guy in the program at some point, Frank. I got to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, he'd be cool. Last cobbler in America, mm-hmm. right? Let's wake up, Wyoming. <laughs>